0: What a comeback. I've seen some comebacks before and been a part of some, but I don't know that I've ever seen one quite like that one and totally flipping that game 180 degrees from the way that it started and uh, winning it the way they did. Let's talk about it now. Better than average. You play football. football. Juggernaut of a podcast. Better than average. Like a radio show that's not on the radio. Coach, it's a great day for you, huh? Yeah, it's better than average, I'll tell you that. (laughs) This is episode 23 of the Better Than Average podcast, presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Land Bank. Visit them online at mslandbank.com. They understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Anything in North Mississippi land related. That's where you want to go, buying or selling, farmland, hunting land, recreational property, a place to build a home, anything regarding land. That's where you go. Mississippi Land Bank and online there, mslandbank.com. So look at it this way. I don't think I'm overstating this. (laughs) You decide. But I, I really don't think I'm overstating this. Auburn absolutely dominated the first 25 minutes of that game, and then a switch got flipped, and then State absolutely dominated (laughs) the remaining 35 minutes of the game. And it wasn't – you know, you've seen times where part of the game would belong to one team, and then the other team would win another part of the game, but I don't know this dramatically. I'm trying to think of examples, and I can't come up with any. Where I'm not overstating using the word dominate. Like, you know, you look at the first quarter, Auburn could not, in my opinion, I, and I know state had an offensive drive that ended in a 34 yard field goal, okay, um, and, and, and made it 7 3 early on. I get that. It wasn't like state totally didn't show up at all, but I still think it's fair to say that Auburn absolutely dominated the first quarter of the game and most of the second quarter, most of the first half, obviously. Um, you know, domination is the right word. It was so lopsided, one-sided. So many people turned the game off and left. Um, my wife and daughter were at home here in Mississippi, and they were had it on the television and were listening to Neil and me on the live stream. And she said, yeah, it was 28 to 3. I got tired of listening to the blowout. I turned it off. We started watching a Hallmark channel true. So many people did that. That's. It was 28 to three with six minutes and 10 seconds left in the first half, and from that point on, it it turned, it reversed. It didn't just slowly come back. It was, it just flipped, and State began dominating the game themselves, and in, in, in the same fashion that that Auburn had early on. So, I think it's fair to say. They, they dominated the first 25 minutes. State dominated the next 35 minutes. You're, you're, to be even more precise and exact, <clears throat> since you look at, okay, they scored in the second quarter with six minutes, ten seconds left in the first half is when Auburn scored on that 15-yard touchdown pass, one-handed catch, to go up 28-3. to That was with 6-10 left in the first half. So to be exact, Auburn – Whipped state for the first 23 minutes and 50 seconds, and then state whipped Auburn for the remaining 36 minutes and 10 seconds of the ball game. That would be the exact numbers on that. Um, you know, and again to drive it home, I know y'all saw the game, so you don't necessarily need me to paint this picture for you. Understand, you know the significance of this turnaround in this game. <clears throat> but just to again to paint the picture. You know, their first touchdown drive, That was a, they got the ball to start the ball game, and they got that huge pass play on first down, right? So that was only a five-play scoring drive that went 67 yards. They go up seven, nothing. State came back, ran 14 plays, made it a 7-3 ball game with the field goal. And now you're already in kind of the late first quarter. They get it back with like four minutes, 26 seconds left in the first quarter and uh, ran six plays and go 82 yards in two minutes and 55 seconds. And that was a rushing play because it was a a backward pass on the RPO that went for 57 yards, and it's 14-3, just like that. And then, you know, it carries over. And then you look at Auburn's two scoring drives in the second quarter, the first one that made it 21-3 in the early second quarter or finishing up in the early second quarter – was 11 plays in uh, 66 yards and 11 plays in four and a half minutes off the clock that the drive that made them go up 28 to three that was an eight play drive it took three and a half minutes off the clock so there were longer drives there. They were you know just starting to even you know dominate the game even more at that point it's 28 to three and you're like you know, I, when we were calling the game from the booth, we have a really terrible vantage point down there in the southwest corner. It's the only place we go uh, in the SEC and college football where they've got you placed at that vantage point and not somewhere you know, on a sideline view, which makes it so much easier on the play-by-play guy. I, it's tough on me or anybody broadcasting from there, but when you're doing color, you can deal with it you because know, you're still looking at plays and defensive alignments and how many – down and when it gets far away from you, the other end it's a little harder to see we just use binoculars but um you know for neil and the play-by-play guys it's really tough because they don't have the vantage point of seeing where the ball what yard line the ball is on it can get really tough because you know on the other end of the field for him the 30 looks like the 35 you know the 31 looks like the 37 and so it's hard for them and anyway so that wasn't fun and then the game was just going so poorly And I started getting negative. I was negative about the officials, and it was just so lopsided early. That's the way it was the last time we went over there in 2019. It was so lopsided early, and it gets away from you. You feel like the game's over before it gets started. And the way Auburn's offense was moving the ball in the first quarter, early second quarter, it was like – I mean, it was hard to watch. It it was like State's defense wasn't even out there on a lot of the plays. Auburn – was doing whatever it wanted to do offensively. You know, if it wanted six yards, it got six yards running the ball. If it wanted 12, it just dropped back and wait and throw it, you know, complete 12. Even when State was in good, tight man-to-man coverage position, they were pinpoint accurate and caught the ball. When State went zone, there was no pressure on Bo Nix, and guys were wide open, right? It's like there was just very little resistance as they built that 28-3 to lead. And, and then, you know, it just totally flipped. When State went on that scoring drive at the end of the first half, right after they go up 28-3, here comes State, goes on a 10-play, 75-yard drive that ended with that four-yard touchdown pass to Makai Polk, made it 28-10. State made it look so easy. And for us, we've been watching State's offense all year. We know they can get hot and go on a drive like that, but you're, you're down so big and you hadn't stopped them, Right that you're going okay it's it's good you you cut this thing to an 18 point game right here before half but you've seen no signs whatsoever that you're going to stop auburn and what happened right after so state scored there with 155 left until halftime made it an 18 point game 28-10 but then auburn had the ball and what we'd seen from auburn was they can go down and score <laughs> you hadn't stopped them yet right and for the first time state went out and Made a couple of plays. They didn't. They did sack him once on that drive, and it was the first time they had sacked him on the day, Nix, and they did hit him. It's really the first time they had created like a negative play all day. And and even though even after that he was able to get them down in field goal range. After you hit him, you notice they missed a couple of throws. This was before he actually got hurt. Um, you hit him one time, and all of a sudden there was a little bit of a drop-off in the accuracy, and it forced them to try a much longer field goal, and they missed it. And so all of a sudden, just because of, you know, one offensive drive, you cut it to 18, uh, a defensive stop, you know, you sack them and then get incompletes because of contact on the quarterback and force a field goal that's no good, and you go into the locker room, and it felt like momentum for the first time. And then you flip it over to the second half, okay? And, again, I could sit here and detail every little thing uh, in, in every drive. You saw it just as I did. State just came out and scored and scored and scored. Every time they touch the football, they go down and score. And it added up to those 40 unanswered points, starting with the touchdown, first touchdown of the game at the end of the first half and then uh, five straight – touchdown drives in the second half, third quarter and fourth quarter. Uh, It was just really incredible um, what State was able to do offensively. So, you you know, again, it's the air raid. We've seen it before. The offense can get really hot. And as we were walking out of the stadium and and talking about this, you know, going 40 unanswered points, the 40 points – Given the way the early part of the game had gone, the 40 points part of it was more believable than the unanswered part of it. That was the amazing thing to me it was the unanswered part of it, what State's defense started doing to Auburn's offense. And uh, I posted last night on Twitter some of those stats of the difference in the first half and second half. And really, like I've told you, you know, you could you could even be more precise if you wanted to and kind of drill it down to – You know exactly when the turn happened, or when the uh, you know when the, the change started happening, and then really look at the stats. But if you just go first half and second half, in the first half, Auburn had 325 yards of offense; State had 155. But in the second half, it was exactly the opposite. In the second half, State had 332 yards; Auburn had 158. So you know a direct flip. Right there. And the other thing was, you know, it was so easy on State's offense. They – in the second half, State ran 40 offensive plays, and they only faced third down three times out of those 40 plays. They, They weren't even, you know, being stopped on first and second down. They weren't even facing third downs very much. So it, and progressively throughout the game, each quarter, State scored more points than it did. They scored three in the first, seven in the second, 13 in the third, and then scored 20 in the fourth quarter. It's just incredible. And that's the thing about it. offense got going, but the defense was yeah, slamming the door too. Defense gave up 28 points in the first half of the ball game and gave up six in the entire second half. That was at the end when Auburn was in comeback mode. They were down 43-28 and put a drive together there. Um, so defensively, to start getting the stops, they were winning the line of scrimmage. I think maybe the most amazing stat to me uh, in the game was the rushing total in the second half. When You look at Auburn's offense. Now, their big plays – in that first half, a lot of them were pass plays, right? Their their most explosive plays were were pass plays, um, but they were running the ball pretty consistently. They were getting a few chunk yardage plays, but just kind of grinding out yards whenever they wanted it, and it was greasing their play action stuff and giving you the play, the the throw down the field. So in the look at this, in the first half, Auburn rushed for 120 yards. In the second half, Auburn rushed for negative 14. That is just a massive turnaround for Mississippi State's defense. And you go, what did they do? I didn't notice anything schematically that was any different. I didn't notice State lining up in a different defensive look or different formations. I didn't notice them playing different coverages. Um, It's just they began to get off blocks. And – Number one, they were getting off blocks, tackling, doing a better job against the run game. They had hit Bo Nix just before halftime. That seemed to start making a little bit of difference. And that paired with tackling the run game, getting off blocks in the front, uh, just just made all the difference in the world. It just turned the physicality. So if I were to sum it up, and I haven't gotten to the Bo Bo Nix injury yet, but if I were to sum it up, that's the biggest thing to me is, You go adjustments, well, you know, it might have been a little adjustment here and there. It's nothing major, but it looked to me like the adjustment was State went from being whipped physically, and they were. You look at Auburn's offensive line in the first quarter. State was getting whipped physically to they flipped the switch and started whipping Auburn physically on every play, it seemed like. So um, it's just an incredible – Comeback! I i I'm not I don't know that I've ever seen a game flip like this in the middle of it to that magnitude. Now, uh, Bo Nix did get hurt in the ball game. He's out for the year, and my hat's off to him. He showed you he is a tough cookie. Now he really is. He got hurt on the 44-yard completion um, that I think led to what? It led to the block field goal attempt. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And it was in the uh, kind of the latter part of the third quarter. So it wasn't like he got hurt, you know, in the first half or at halftime. And it was late third quarter when he got hit as he was throwing on that play action deep ball. And he did complete it. And Crummity kind of fell on his legs as he hit him and it um, messed that ankle up. Says he's having surgery today. They completed it. And I think that's where State wound up blocking the field goal attempt down there. So you look at Nick's. what was the difference? And I looked it up last night to see. So he was – at the time that he got that completion for 44 yards on the play that he got hurt, that made him 18 of 24 uh, at that point in the ballgame with two touchdown passes and – Yeah, it made him so on that throw, it made him 18 of 24 at that point, 75% completion, 268 yards and two touchdowns prior to the injury, including that one play. After the injury, he was nine of 17, that's 53%, for 109 yards, uh, a big difference. So again, he goes 75% for two touchdowns leading up to the injury. After that, he went 53% and didn't throw any and just barely 100 yards passing after that. And the thing is, he still made some first down throws and he was, you know, visibly hurting and he couldn't run and tried his best to play through it. And uh, I tell you, man, my, my hat's off to him. You know, the toughness, you got that kind of injury, it, it keeps you from being able to drive off that back leg. He's still completed nine balls still converted a couple of first downs even after that and um and and didn't have the as Mike Leach says the loser's limp he he didn't have that we we've seen guys that didn't really even have bad injuries you know roll around on the ground like somebody you know just sh- shot their foot off you know and wailing and hollering and screaming and rolling around and go to the locker room and come back out and you're fine you know we, we've we seen that and sometimes it hurts bad enough it's okay I mean this kid had a legitimate injury that has cost him this re- remainder of the season going to have surgery here two days after it happened but in the game after it happened you had to kind of look closely to tell that he was really hurting that bad stayed in there still went 9 of 17 for 53 percent and Converted some throws and was trying his best to play through it and give his team a chance. And um, and then people did notice. I didn't see it, but I've heard others say that they noticed that even after the game, he hung around after Will Rogers' interview to make sure he shook his hand and congratulated him. I tell you, my my hat's off to Bo Nix. Tough, tough, tough. Toughness a quality that you can't coach and you either have it or you don't, and you work on it or you don't. And my hat's off to him. Tough kid. And, uh, you know, you hate to see anybody get hurt, for sure. So, yeah, I I think um, the other thing, too, is Will Rogers. You know, you can't get away from looking at what this guy did in this ball game. Um, You know, his first half was – if you just go numbers, I mean, if you look just at uh, numbers, it's not that bad, really. Okay, so in the first half, he was – 20 of 30, a touchdown and no picks. All right. That's a pretty decent first half, 20 of 30. What is that? 72%, something like that, or whatever it is. But then you look in the second half, the fact that he went in the second half of that game, 24 of 26 and five touchdowns. You just, folks, we just hadn't seen anything like that ever in an SEC game. We just hadn't ever seen anything like it. You know, that's first and second half. But if you took it even further, I put this on there last – consider this. In the second, third, and fourth quarters, the last three quarters of the game combined, Will Rogers threw 37 times and went incomplete on consecutive throws one time. (laughs) It's just – and that's the last three quarters of the game. Right? So let's see. If you go second quarter only – yeah, in the second quarter, he was 10 of 12 for a touchdown. In the third quarter, he was 17 of 18 for two touchdowns. And in the fourth quarter, he was 7 of 8 for three touchdowns. <laughs> it's just – I don't know that I can even wrap my head around it, honestly, what he was able to do in that offense. And it, he would tell you, and he's, he's right, it's not just him. Okay, you look at what his offensive line did during the course of that ball game. Auburn on the day had two sacks. Now, there was one in there that was a sack that wound up targeting, you know, and Auburn is the leading tackle for loss team in the SEC. They had seven of those, and you still go 40 unanswered points against a team that did that, you know. But overall, his offensive line was really, really good. Charles Cross was really, really good uh, against a primarily a three-man rush throughout the day. And anytime Auburn switched it up, and played some man without people playing over the top, um, like you saw in a fourth quarter. State made them pay for it up the field on a vertical. They go man-to-man on the outside. Well, you complete back shoulder stuff. You go man-to-man on third and two. Well, you complete a slant to Heath against man-to-man who bumps off the one guy and runs it down there and has the longest pass play of the day for you, Uh, a 31-yarder. And so they just hurt them whatever they did, it seemed like, in a pass game. Hey, and, and and speaking of receivers, you know, Makai Polk has become probably the most consistent guy in the SEC. He and Burks. Now, Burks at, at Arkansas is a much bigger body, NFL-type body, I guess, and a different type of player and just unbelievable, and he's been hurt this year. But in terms of consistency, you look at Polk, eight catches, two touchdowns on the day the other day. But – I was really proud of and impressed with Malik Heath. You know, he didn't start the game. Ra-Ra Thomas did. And Thomas, after he had that 18-yard catch on a – I believe it was a third down play. uh, It was just his second catch, and he had to leave the game because he got his ankle rolled up. Well, in comes Heath and just played his tail off. Every opportunity he got, you know, he caught a really contested back shoulder. Like I say, he broke a tackle and turned it into the longest pass play of the day at 31 yards, most of it yards after the catch. They targeted Heath five times. He caught five balls, including that last touchdown of the ball game, which really stretched it out. So it's an example of an older player who at this point sort of playing behind a young guy but hasn't gone in the tank and isn't pouting and he gets an opportunity, steps up big. And I have a lot of respect for that. And so that's a lot of maturity and growth um, uh, from heath you know on his part Wally was good seven catches on the day 87 had the most yards of any uh bulldog seven catches that went for 87 yards they targeted him eight times and he had that great catch there at the end leading to that last touchdown but he also had some others you know where he broke a tackle and turned it into a long play so State was good and and Dylan Johnson had a really nice day running the ball, right? He had a long of twenty two, had the one cutback run that he kind of bounced out of there, uh, got him down in the goal line situation, protected the ball, and you know, again, you have no turnovers. Auburn laid it on the ground some and and didn't and and had two or three that bounced right back to him and then finally they lose one. But uh, the biggest thing, I mean, for Auburn, it's just a devastating loss to not only lose the game the way they did after having such a big lead, but then lose your quarterback and lose your kicker because their kicker tore his ACL on the the uh, onside kick attempt late in the game. And I mean, it's just a devastating day uh, for Auburn in just about every way. So, you know, that's just – I'm still sort of in – shock mode of some of the things we saw and the way they were able to make it happen. I think my overall evaluation of it is you don't – this kind of thing doesn't happen just because you can run fast and, and hit hard and, and you know, jump high. I, I mean, this kind of thing happens because you got a little something in your head and in your heart that other teams are trying to find and we can find any different term you can think of to describe it, whether it's character or chemistry or guts or heart or toughness, but I think all that stuff kinda goes into it and that's the positive sign. When you have something like this happen and you come from behind against all odds like that and pull one out of the hat and play the way you did and have it go that way, it has an effect on a lot of people. I said at the end of the broadcast it can be a the type of day that can sort of alter the trajectory of a program. Now, you'd say, well, and it makes sense because if it happens you're obviously headed in the right direction to begin with, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> you're headed in the right direction, but I guess what I'm saying is it probably has a great effect on the chemistry of a football team to have this happen. When you pull one off like this, then there's just, you know, there's no longer a lack of any buy in from anybody on your roster. Okay. And that's really important. It also has an effect on your fan base. I think after, you know, what you saw at the beginning of the year, now what you see here, you, you know, there's going to be some times here with this offense being run at state that they're going to be behind. And fans are not going to leave. <laughs> and whereas in the past with some other coaches, they left and probably rightfully so. So it has an effect on a lot of people. It really does. And it kind of puts a spotlight on you that you have have you are starting to earn it. And that's one thing, too, I like about this team, whether it's Will, Rogers, or guys like Polk and Wally, or you know, even you, you look at some individuals on defense who are going to be, you know, big time players going to play NFL football, like Emerson and Forbes at corner, and and others. that get Charles Cross, your tackle. I mean, State has not been the hype machine; they have not been a beneficiary of the hype machine. Other teams have, uh, other players have. And that's the nature of the game. It's not those other teams or players' fault, but the hype machine will get behind some players and some teams sometimes. And then you you go out and play and see if you live up to it and that sort of thing. But a lot of times that hype machine will get your heartbroken and and mislead everybody. State has not been a beneficiary of the hype machine, and its players haven't. It. And so now – as people are starting to turn their heads and go, hey, wait a minute, look at what – are you seeing what Will Rogers just did? And the winds are there, and and all of a sudden that's starting to build, and you haven't been given any of it. Pat's on the back and all that kind of stuff. You haven't been given any of it. Any recognition and positivity and hype that, that will come with these players and with some of these teams, they've earned it to this point, and that's really the way you would prefer it if you're a player or a coach, I can tell you that. So it's a positive I'll have more thoughts on it this week on the radio show um, but looking at it it's just it's a historic comeback I mean it really is you set a bunch of records will rogers is it's almost like now week to week there's a new record whether it's uh touchdown passes in a game or touchdown passes in a season all these kinds of things and it's just you know we're stating the record because that's our job knowing that um we're gonna. It's gonna be obsolete this time next week. He'll be setting some other record. Uh, the ones that he set in this game were uh, set a school record for touchdown passes in a game with six, and he tied Dak Prescott for the most touchdown passes in one season with 29. So the next one he throws will be a new in-season record for a Bulldog quarterback. Rodgers was 44 of 55, 415 yards, six touchdowns, no picks, 80% completion on the road, in the SEC West, playing a top 25 team, down 28-3. Beats anything I've ever seen in my life. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next one.